You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the True University podcast. My name is Steve Eden. Remember that the truest thing about you is what God says about you. Uh, I've got a little bit of sinus drainage today, so if I sound like Barry White, well, that's why. But uh, I'm thrilled and honored to have back as my guest today a uh, dear brother and friend from uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. At least that's where he's pastoring for the last 20, 21 years, Pastor Charlie Dial. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, just fighting off some sinus drainage, I guess, today, but uh, we're going we're gonna to definitely get through it. I want to I want to start today talking about the foundation of Jesus Christ. You know, you guys there at Harvest see a lot of uh, new converts. You see people come to Christ and uh, I thought you would be great to bring on and talk about how we can lay the foundation of Jesus Christ in our personal lives, even our homes and families. I think you and Dewana have done an excellent job with your children as well. But, you know, just laying the foundation of Christ in our personal life, our relationship with him, sure. and then uh, homes and families, and then even the church. I'm in a series right now at Grace Church called The Centrality of Jesus, which is all about laying that foundation. So let me read the passage. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. I think that's very important. Verse 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So, Charlie, why don't you share with us uh, today just your thoughts on uh, how do we lay the foundation, first of all, of Jesus Christ in our personal lives? There's a lot going on in the world, a lot to distract us and so forth. But we know scripture teaches not only is he the foundation, he is the chief cornerstone of everything that right. God builds. So why don't you jump into that for us? Well, and I mean, I, I don't know that there's <clears throat> um, one fit rule sure, yeah. uh, for all this. Uh, obviously, I think there's <clears throat> things that we here at Harvest have worked hard to do. And obviously, you, you mentioned that we are um, kind of our our vision here at Harvest is to um, really, well, let's step back. Jesus said, I would leave 99 people who knew me, right? I, I'd leave those that are sitting in the church who, who have a relationship with me to go find that one who doesn't. And since <clears throat> that really didn't come alive to me until I was probably in my 30s, and um, I... I and out of my own insecurities, my own frustrations, my own growing up with kind of a religious <clears throat> background, um, I kind of put the idea of, you know, having this relationship with God, I would really never going to be good enough to have a relationship with God. Like, like right, it's sure. something that every time I messed up, I'm, I'm not where I should be. And so when I began to read the scripture and really fine tune that in my heart, one of the first things that came to my mind is when I was, and it was actually when I was doing some kind of other entity, I have another entity in my life, and I was over visiting with some people and through some real estate adventures, and and all of a sudden, this topic came up about knowing Christ, and they went through their uh, kind of a, a ideology of their religion, and I 
Yeah. I pointed out, I just said, there's no way that we will ever be able to, um, that we will ever be able to um, have a surrogate. They were talking about, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm ever good enough to go. And yeah. I, I can, I can just go to this person and, and he'll make everything right. And I said, there's no surrogates. I was telling there's no surrogates. And uh, when it comes to our, we don't need one. We can actually, right. Jesus paid for that so that we could actually have direct access to the mediator. And, <clears throat> and so it dawned on me as I was saying that, that how many people don't recognize that they have that, they can have that personal relationship with God. And so as I begin to, to build on that and begin to think about that and begin to write out some curriculum for our churches, because one of the things I thought about is I've been in church a long time, and I always wondered what when we do see somebody come to know Christ, what do we do afterwards? What do right. we do to actually get them settled? If Jesus said, this is so important, go find one, I would go find one. And I think what he does is important. I think we should follow that example. Yeah. If that's important to him, then it's important to me. And so I was realizing that we were we were trying to lead people to an altar. We were trying to lead people to you know raise their hand or or acknowledge him that today he was knocking on their their heart, like on a Sunday morning or a, a Wednesday evening, and and then lead them to Christ through a through prayer and through you know it's the old thing. I walk the aisle, I raise my right. hand, I walk the aisle, I said the prayer, I signed the card, I'm yeah. now in the club and. And I that's thought it. there's got to be more to this. Yeah, that, that's it. And so yeah. I I realized that to to really, there's so many more ingredients that goes into baking this thing Absolutely. than what we're giving credit. Well, and, and I want to I throw in a scripture right here. I'm just reminded of John 17, 3. This is eternal life that they would know yeah. you, the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Well, that word know in the Greek is gnosko. And it means to intimately know, to properly know. Now listen to this, through firsthand personal experience, not passed down from another. Uh, And and I think that uh, what you're saying is so true that when people come to Christ, it's great that you came forward or you walked the aisle or you, you signed the card and we got your name or whatever. But salvation is just the beginning. And I think that's what this this episode is about that salvation is just the beginning. How do we begin to lay the building blocks of a relationship with the living God? I mean, think about right. this, Charlie. God right. desires, according to John 17, 17, 3, a living relationship with right. the living God and his living word. And so that salvation is just the beginning. How do we build upon that and begin to acclimate to his voice yeah. where we can live every day by the word of God that, you know, proceeds out of his mouth? Right. It's kind of funny you brought up that scripture. I actually taught, uh, I finished a series in January um, called Habits, and then I, I wanted to take one week and share a, a, just a one one message on, and I titled it Unified. And I shared that scripture, how that the Father and Son are one, and, and that we, he prayed that we would be one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought, and out of that, I one of the things that I shared on Sunday was that I don't necessarily think God needs uniformity. He needs unity, yeah. and meaning we don't have to all agree on everything, yeah. and 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 how we do it and the way it looks. But when it comes to building on our salvation, you know, I've I've told so many people one of the biggest things that helped harvest our church here um, is I want to see people build on their relationship with God, and and so we not only encourage them to 
you know, to spend some time with God. And, you know, the, the, the things that we pass down through the years, right, that have been just the, the common practices of a Christian and someone who's found Christ is spending time in the Word. But one of the things I found is that many people go, I don't know what the, I don't even understand the Word. I don't even yeah. understand what the Bible is saying. I don't, right. in my prayer time, how, what is that supposed to, how many bees and vows do I share in my prayer time? And so what I've come back to, the best way for us to establish our relationship with God is to get around other believers. Yeah, community. It literally mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah. I know that God established the church, right? And, yeah. and and that's Christ's big deal on the planet till he returns. But also think that when you read you know, Acts and the book of Acts and all the things the Holy Spirit was inspiring, one of the things they did was they not only met together corporately, but they met house to house. And the Bible says they shared. Right. <clears throat> they actually shared everything. So there was this unity and so when I start thinking about what they shared, I, I started writing these thoughts down the other day is they shared in their homes, they shared their problems, you know, they shared their, their right. difficulties, shared their, their lives you know, with they each actually other. shared their lives together. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I think one of the things to building a strong foundation in Christ is if, if Christ is going to be the centerpiece of your heart, I think obviously we we talk about establishing the word in our life and we establish prayer time and we you know establish that having that daily communication and sitting with him talking with him um but I honestly believe that some of the greatest uh times for me to overcome the enemy in my life and the things that maybe he's trying to do in in laying the salvation if you would or a, a relationship with God yeah is with other believers. It really is. Yeah, and I I agree. We've got to have people that point us towards wholeness, towards Jesus on a regular basis. Despite you know, you and I have been in uh, ministry for a long time, if I can use that term, full time ministry. I know we're all priests in the kingdom, but you know what I'm saying that we have we have seen so many good, well intended people who want to grow in Christ, but if we don't have community. If we don't have genuine people, like you said, that we're actually doing life with, that we have open, honest, vulnerable conversation with, it really is hard for us to grow without some measure of accountability, despite our very best intentions. I think people want to be like Jesus. We want to be conformed, you know, to his image. If you look at what, you know, what is discipleship, it's it's just moving people, uh, towards their connection with Christ, that they're maturing in him, becoming more like him and doing than doing his works with him, but they can intend that all they want. But I think community is a huge component. Let me ask you this question. If you look at cultural Christianity, which is a term uh, coined here in America that, that basically says, you know, I'm a Christian because I go to church or I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus. Uh, I'm a Christian because I'm a good person. And you lay that up against a mindset of an individual who really wants to know Jesus personally. I want to know his teaching. I'm going to order my life around knowing uh, knowing God the Father and having a personal relationship, you know, a spirit-to-spirit, life-on-life relationship with the living God. I want to know his, uh, his work, what he came to do. You know, do you see what I'm saying? Where we're actually studying, we're pursuing... Right a relationship with Jesus. And I think Dean and Sarah, who's a pastor in Tennessee, had written a book. I don't remember the title exactly, but it was basically saving 
the cultural Christian because the cultural Christian is not born again. <laughs> he he just right. he thinks he's a Christian because he's an American, or right. his mama you know prayed for him or taught him to pray right. over his meal or you know like I said earlier believes in Jesus. Well, even the demons believe in Jesus, and at least they tremble according to the book of James. Right. And so what we've lacked is really this pursuit of, I want to lay Jesus as the foundation of my life. I actually want to order my life around knowing him. And so I think you've really touched on one of the, one of the great points or uh, necessities of that, and that's community. What are some other things? What do you think about the pursuit of, you know, I want to know his teaching. I want to know his person. I want to know uh, what he came to accomplish. And then once I begin to discover what the cross actually did for me, how do I live in the reality of that? What do you think about some of those things? Well, I honestly believe, I mean, there's obviously things that I think, again, going back to steps that we take and I'm probably jump to step number three before we step, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, jumping all these different directions. But, but I, I agree. I think we need, um, I think, again, I'd probably go back to community is the best way to find out the things about God yeah. and about Christ. Um, uh, I recently, and I've shared some of this, but recently I had a young man who, and it's not a younger man, he's been in our church for years, but he's now gotten to, uh, he's come to an enlightenment or an understanding that uh, that he shared with me recently that um, he doesn't necessarily believe in the deity of Jesus any longer. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus was a good man, but he, and he was the highest example of what being close to God is like, but he really wasn't the son of God. And, and at the end of the day, I, I, just, I sat and listened, and what was more, uh, my reaction from that wasn't one of, there was, there was frustration and there was anger at the enemy, there's no doubt, because yeah. 20 years and you've now slipped to this direction, but I was more hurt, and I think uh, what I was hurt from was that how did we come to this revelation? How did we slip away from the Word of God being the highest authority in our life to to falling into this place where the where the enemy has now gotten us to believe something contrary to Scripture? And it dawned on me that the very next day I get a phone call from another parishioner who who said I read my devotion today about this story about. Um, uh, and he was talking about Jacob and, and, uh, and the Lord giving him a dream. And, and he, and so I, I, I shared with them, uh, something. And then he texted me later and I texted him back. I said, it was based on the promise of Abraham kind of, kind of, I know this is kind of sporadic, but he's, yeah. then he texted back and he goes, okay, I understand that. Who's Abraham. And I, oh, it wow. dawned on me yeah. how quickly people don't have an idea of all the things the word has to offer. Yeah. And I think finding, you know, one of the things that we do here at Harvest is once somebody makes that commitment to Christ and we spend time praying with them, we take time to talk with them afterwards and then we give them the next step like we we want to take them through obviously we want to take them through some of the uh, the the thoughts of the word right we, we if you if you make Jesus Christ the lord of your life we want to get you to the next step hey let's get baptized let's get water baptized we yeah. believe that here strongly at harvest i'm not saying it's a prerequisite to go to heaven we're just saying hey that's the that's another step towards making him that that public profession of what he's done on the inside and and right. so we come back to that, and then then we we try to get them connected. Again, our third step, or if you would, would be to get them connected to a small group and to the church. And if it's not our church, we want to get them planted somewhere. 
and then get them connected to to a community, as you you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in that community, we want them to get to where they discover what Jesus was all about. What was his whole motive of coming? What was his whole reasoning? Because we feel like that once you'll understand that, it's easier to understand the design and the call that's on your life. Yeah, when you understand the call and the design that was. That, that he came with, if you would. So, and it's almost like, I really believe that. I love you guys' heart for community and connection because, you know, Paul had talked about follow me as I follow Christ, and it moves straight into discipleship. You and I have talked about uh, discipleship. The Great Commission is something that's been sorely lacking uh, yeah. here in the Western church for years and years, but it gives opportunity. Uh, to build those connections and bridges where people, not just a pastor, not just a staff person, but a Jesus person uh, from right there within Harvest or Grace Church or whoever makes a connection with someone and says, hey, I, I'd love to walk with you. You know, just a, a person of peace, if you will, that uh, I've got a connection with you. I love visiting the other night at the church function or whatever, but um, I'd love to walk with you and help you to grow and become more and more acclimated to who Jesus is, knowing his person, knowing his, his word, knowing his voice, knowing his authority, knowing his work, his mission, what did he come right. to do? And, and Charlie, what, what we've done, I feel like at Grace, and, and probably fair to say beyond Grace, but I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the information, uh, imitation, innovation tool but there's three Mm -hmm. steps there and we gave a lot of great information about jesus and then i would tell them okay here's the truth man and the truth will set you free and jesus loves you go walk with him that so i skipped imitation and went to infer uh went to innovation in other words i told you the truth now go do it what was missing was the imitation where we walk with people people within grace church walk with other people Right. Uh, who are coming right. to Christ to disciple them and to help acclimate them. And hear me now, not not to a person, but that they can learn from Jesus to be like Jesus. You want to acclimate right. them to the living voice, you know, and I know you see that. We don't want to make people dependent on us. They need to be dependent on the living God and the living voice. Right, right, right. I, I would say, uh, you know, for me, I... I shared a few weeks ago, I think there's a lot of, you know, growing up in the church and, and as a young, young person, I recognize that um, at times it become like, there's a lot of inspiration in the church on Sunday. Like we can inspire people and inspiration. Yeah, inspiration and information for sure. But, but moving people from inspiration to where it becomes practical Christianity. Yeah. Um, wasn't good. a big priority back back Man, where, and I've always said, Hey, I want to, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't want to just talk about, you know, something that may you leave here and go, man, that was motivation. That yeah. was very inspiring. I don't want to be that, that, uh, the, the, the proverbial Tim Robbins on the stage saying, yeah. you can do it today. Thank, your day. thank you for saying this, because that, and, this is crucial, man, that, that, right. And, and it's well-meaning, but I, it's almost like we were conditioned to just cheer on the message, you know, right. instead of and live then it. leave. Yeah. Yeah. And then leave without any kind of like, now, now how do I go put this into practice? And I really believe that that's, that had been a problem and I'll just speak for myself. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but especially for me growing up, I really, it was almost like there was a, a list of do's and don'ts that inspired, that was trying to inspire me to live better or get my behavior right. Right. So 
so I always had this idea that, man, until I get my behavior right, I can't go to God. And then it, then it dawned on me, I needed to go to God to get my behavior right. So, um, <laughs> Excellent. It, it, it just changed for me. And I think out of that, I realized that I, especially when I went to college, I was in seminary and here I am learning all these things. But I, I, one of the things I left there thinking was nobody needs to know some of the things that I learned. What they need to know is how do I stay married? How do I stay, exactly how, do I, right. how do I overcome and how do I be a better employee? How to be a, right? Better how do dad. I walk with Jesus? How yeah. do I walk this thing out? Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes we forget um, to, I think sometimes we've, we've gotten in this place where we want to inspire people because I think ins- inspiration brings people back a lot of times, yeah. but it doesn't cause people to live as an overcomer. As Paul talked about, Hey, you can be more than a conqueror, uh, right? Through Christ, not just, not right. just believing on him, but through Christ who gives you. And so I right. think it, Monday through Saturday, it's important just to practice this thing. And so again, I think it goes back to, um, where uh, for me, I, again, for me, I've found that I, the strongest part of my life, it, and it works this way in every area. I've told people, if you want more finances, I know that's a big deal right now in our, our country yeah. is, man, I'd like to have more money. Okay. Build more relationships. Yeah. If you want better success with your children, get more people around you who, who've been successful with. And Amen. I think the same Good. thing when it comes to walking out your relationship with God and building on that foundation with, with Christ, I think, if, hey, you want to be successful, right? We talk about behavioral things and where we fall and we, yeah. we get into this place where we're not very successful at living and speaking and acting like yeah. Christ did. And I find that when I get around other Christians who maybe even struggle, maybe even have those same struggles, sure. it, it inspire, not only inspires me, it helps me to walk this thing out. And we, we leave those communications or those times of, of conversation or those, those, I call them front yard meetings or, or having those, the time in the driveway, spending there for an hour just talking about what we're going through. Right. I leave those times so feeling like, man, I could... Right, I could charge hell with a squirt gun, and I think that those are times where um, that we all need to better our relationship or build that foundation. Paul said it like this: I, I think it's in the Amplified you, that scripture you just read. He said, "I'm," he says, "like the architect." I think he uses the word architect. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, skillful architect. Uh, I laid a foundation, and so each man needs to be careful yeah. how he builds on. And right. I thought, right, so I'm trying to give people. Hey, here's the here's some line here's some lines on the page. Here's here's some here's some things that you have to here's some areas that we have to work on. Here's some hidden lines, if you would. If you draw blueprints, you kind of understand those different terminologies. And there are things in there that cause this thing to take shape. And as you build, right? As you now you can erect because you have a firm foundation. And I think there's some truth to all of that. And part of that foundation, or a lot of that foundation, for me is. Not only, not only you know, walking the aisle and saying the prayer and and getting people to understand uh, of making that profession as a free gift from God, but now that once you are married to Him, hey, what does that wedding look like? Right. What What is that? How do we? What's the, the daily marriage look like? like? Yeah. Yeah. And so exactly. we become like who we hang out with. So I love the principle here that get around people you want to grow in Christ. Be around people that that are mature in Christ who are growing in Christ, who've ordered their life around maturing in Christ. I think that's a great point. How do we get them to commit to that? I think it's almost within church circles, you know, 
getting people to commit within their heart that, you know what, I'm going to purpose to grow. I'm going to purpose to hang out with this group of men, uh, you know, for a year or however long. I'm going to purpose to uh, walk with them so they can sharpen me and I can sharpen them to look more like Jesus. Now, the reason I bring this up, Charlie, is let's make an assessment here. When you think of the church in the West, there's this progression, and I can't remember what the name of it is, but you've got people who are aware of Jesus in the church, okay? They come to church maybe somewhat regular, you know, in today's world, maybe once a month is regular, maybe twice a month. But they're aware of Jesus. And then the next one is they ponder actually knowing him. Okay, so they're, they're thinking about it. They might even read something, or maybe that's why they came to church, because they're pondering knowing Jesus. And then number three is value. They, they begin to value, you know, like you're preaching, and they're thinking, wow, you know, he's talking about the necessity, John 17, 3, of having a living relationship with the living God. I think that is a value. I think that's very important. I even think everybody in this room should do that. <laughs> but number four is where the big jump is. Right. They prioritize knowing God. And then number right. five is they actually own it and they order their life around. Now their life is centered or Jesus, if you will, is the foundation that's laid within them that, hey, he's not only, not only do I think it's important and valuable that people know Jesus, I'm ordering my life and my family's life around knowing Jesus. What do you think about that when you assess the Western church and where, uh, you know, a lot of Americans are? Because we talk, I think cultural Christianity, Charlie, is a real thing. I think a lot of, what is it, two thirds, 66% of Americans say that they are Christian, but look right. at the last election. I mean, look how right. people lost their mind. I didn't see a whole lot of love, joy, peace, patience, kind. I didn't see all the fruit of Jesus hanging at, hanging around, even in the mouths and attitudes of people that called themselves Christians. Just tremendous um, venom and tremendous, uh, what's the word, uh, strife. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. Uh, so what do you think when you assess? how? And, and then second part of the question, how do we move people? towards uh ownership yeah and <laughs> i wish i'll be honest with you i don't know that i have the perfect answer for for yeah. either one of those just based on i mean if we did all right we we i, I think the uh our churches would be bigger than the the devil's churches um yeah. but at our, our our youth groups and leaderships and and things i i do think there is something to be said um about uh and I think we talked before about how there are people who have gotten into this place where we are accepting it just politics aside right we have sixty six percent of people who are professing Christianity and christ likeness yeah. yet if you take politics away from it and just say, well uh, we're not going to pick a side or, but we're just going to base it upon biblical mandate yeah. so the unborn child or right i think that there's a stat that says 38% of that 66% says that's okay to yeah, to that life doesn't really be, begin at at conception so yeah. and it's okay to terminate that well th- that's a that's for me that's a is that a is that a biblical lack of biblical knowledge or is that a uh, a lack of revelation or is that the time that we're living in yeah. that that we become that we put aside godly things in order to establish a culture right like i want fire insurance but i don't necessarily right. want the things that it takes to 
to keep that in my life. Um, and, yeah. and we talked about it before, right? Every, there's going to be many, many people who say, Lord, yeah. <laughs> I've and got that says, one. I'm going to read it. <laughs> I'm going to read Matthew and, 7, the one you're fixing yeah. to quote. But and you're, I, you're I touching think, on something that is huge, and it is lordship, Charlie. There's a right, lot of people that right. claim Jesus as Savior, and rightfully so. Thank God for right. what he's done. But he is interested in lordship. Right. It's, it's, it becomes that moment where, where the revelation happened. Just, I think, I, and I don't know, I can only go back and, you know, I've told people, hey, there's four things to, 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 to being a, a light, in my opinion, that is that you just, and one of those things is you, you just got to tell your personal story. I don't know that I can tell Steve Eden's story. I yeah. can tell my story. Right. And my story was, is that I, I had to get to this place where I no longer looked at myself as being uh, my, you know, like, like, like sometimes I would put my, I live like this. So I'd put that up here on like a banner. And then I realized I'm, I'm actually, I'm not really living that well. <laughs> and so <laughs> I need him every day. And the only way to need him every day is not savior. For me, it was, I needed to let him call the shots. Like I, oh. I needed to go all in. Right. And it, that's a catch 22 for pastors because to so convincing a congregation, hey, go all in with God, and you'll see all the benefits that he like. You can't get all the benefits he he has for you until you go all in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So so you're trying to convince them like I'm I'm not holding one thing back, but in so people will say, well, I want everything that God has. Well, if you get Are you everything that God to... <laughs> has, right? right? Jeremiah chapter twenty nine verse I think it's thirteen. He says, "You will find me when you seek me with with your whole heart." heart. Yeah. With, with everything that you are. And I think, so there's a catch 22 there. It's like, how bad do you want all the things of God? Well, if you want all the things, you have to just give him all that you are. Yeah. And, that's and a that, great point. I think that that's a tough, tough thing to, to, to convince people of, because it's like, if I hold back part of it, can I still get some of it? And yeah. that's our, that's our world right now. Right. If I, right. if I play the lottery for a dollar, can I win a million? Right. Or, but, but I want, I, I want low, a, a I want low right. input, low investment, right. high exactly return. Right. And, I think, and, and it just I doesn't think, work that way. I think, I love what you said, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. Uh, if you want to, if you want to find me, seek me with your whole heart. How about love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, right. soul, and strength. He is not a half God who desires to rule over half of our lives. He is God. He is the living God. Jesus right. Christ himself is the living God walking around made flesh. I always, you know me, I get passionate when people try and tell me Christianity is a religion. Well, there might be some misunderstood yeah. aspects of Christianity <laughs> as a religion, but Jesus is no religious figure. He's not He's right. not to be laid alongside of Buddha or Harry Krishna or somebody else, Confucius. He is the living God. He made no right. bones about the fact he is God. Uh, come here in the flesh to to reconcile all things to himself. Um, but that's, you know, that's a different podcast. Let me read Matthew 7, 21. You started to quote it. Not everyone who says to me, Jesus said, Lord, Lord. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons? We did all these wonders in your name. Maybe today, Charlie, it's didn't we join the church? Didn't we do, do the outreach team? Didn't I help feed the poor? Verse 23, and then I'll declare to them, though, here it is, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never 
knew you. Guess what the word in the Greek for know is there or knew? It is gnosko. It's the same one in John 17, 3. And what's beautiful about this is he tells you what the will of the Father is. The will of the Father is that we know him and we know the you know the living God and that we know Jesus Christ, the living word in this ongoing present tense relationship. And Charlie and I, you know, for those of you that are listening, Charlie and I can be completely honest with you. We we get that lordship is a process. We get that lordship is a challenge. Nobody likes right. to die to our own convenience or, you know, our own pet pet sins or whatever they are, but the life that comes out of that death is so right. much more satisfying, so much more powerful, so much more fulfilling than life in the world could ever be. It is worth that ongoing walk to say, Jesus, man, I don't always feel it, but I want you to be Lord of my heart, my mind, and my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so true. And I think that's the that's the part trying to convince people that I I don't know that in the current day and culture that we're living in, I don't know that I've figured it out. Um, I can honestly say, I don't, I don't know that there's, um, it's harder. Let me say it like that. It's harder because I think even going to revelation where he says, Hey, in, in these latter times, there are going to be people say, Hey, we don't have any need at all. And we're, we're relying, whether it's on a government system or whether it's on a finances we've made, or it's on our investments or, or whether it's on our, our family or the, the friendships we built, we, we have no need of anything. And, Unfortunately, God will see it differently, and right. that that people are there. There is such a lack, and I think the lack comes from my personal opinion. I think the lack comes from that we have put him on that that maybe he's somewhere in our life. And I I said this a few weeks ago at our church is that it, when you're talking about uh, the one of the habits we need to come back to is that the the order of the first. Like there are, there is power to first things. Like spending time with God first thing in the morning, uh, uh, you know, it's like scheduling, that putting, and I said this, that if God, right. if you say God is, if you value God, but he's not on the, you know, and he doesn't show on your list, well, that's not a value system that's, that's ranked around God. Right. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I think getting Christ to be, you know, if we're saying I'm building on this foundation that Jesus Christ changed my life. And yeah. you said it earlier that um, the whole idea was that he wanted to reconcile it, uh, us back yes. to himself. And, right. and to me, that again goes back to relationship. It and does. Relationship was the key. I've got to restore man back to a real relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that through through giving my life. Well, when we accept what he did as the gift, that, now it's up to us, right, to work that out, yeah. to 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 take that on and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to build on that daily. Yeah. And I think whether it's people listening or people <clears throat> that I share with, um, I, I try to encourage people every day, make sure that, 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 I try to say it like this, make sure God's the centerpiece of your life, because if he is, then what you give and what you do and what you say and what you, your actions, right? We don't do this perfectly, but everything flows out of him. Like God's not yeah. in a pecking order. Simply, He's He is centered to all the pecking order. That's exactly right. And and I think that's so important for our relationship 
for that foundation because once we establish it, and I try to tell this to my children, I actually had this conversation with my oldest son last night that I can't take credit for anything that I am, nothing. I just will not do it. I, everything I have is because of him. Yeah. It's not because of me. Everything I own is because of him. Everything that I that that I uh, have achieved or success, what the world would deem as success, yeah. is because of him. It's right. not because of me. And I think, and and my t- son in return said, "Yeah, but Dad, one of the things I recognize about you is that you committed your whole heart to God." And I love that. I think yeah. when pe- other people see that, right. and I don't take, I'm not. That's not an arrogant statement or a prideful no, thing. It's just right. saying. I love the fact that somebody else can see that, hey, you've dedicated your heart That's right. to, to doing what God wants. And I think out of that, God, there's always reward to, to everything. When, when, when Jesus would point out, even in Mark chapter 5, hey, he that's given up things, right, or done all these things, man, he's going to bless it. So yeah. <laughs> I always try to tell people, hey, in your relationship with Christ, it's not a—the greatest thing I've ever gotten was my salvation, ever. Yeah. And so I'm going to live that. I'm going to build on that. I'm going to strengthen that yeah. daily. And I think if we could ever get to the understanding where if I, if I did that first, like, yeah. like that showed up first in my week, like on Sunday morning, I applaud our people. Hey, your reason, right? We Jewish people moved it to, to, to Sunday is that God should be first, not the last thing of our week, but the first part of our week. Obviously, yeah. there was a yeah. I'm part of that in the resurrection as well. And so what we do first has power to bless the rest. Yeah. And I honestly believe that what we give first, what we think first, what we what we act on first, what we say first, I think has so I wake up every morning spend time with God because I think those are things that are powerful and that has the ability to build on my relationship with the Lord. Well, that's what we're talking about is moving for, I don't think there's probably a person listening to us talk right now. Uh, who doesn't value a relationship with Jesus and have an understanding that as great as the wedding day was, the day we got saved and born again of the Spirit, that the marriage can be so much greater. I think the word of the Lord to us is in this hour, certainly in uh, the United States, to the the church, is move from just valuing it to prioritizing your life, ordering your life around God knowing me, just like what you're describing that your son picked up on. That's what, that's really stuck out to him. But dad, yeah, you, you believe in Jesus, you go to church, whatever, but you have ordered your life around knowing him. And we're, we're in a right now, Charlie at Grace Church, we're in a very careful and prayerful refining and retooling of who we are. Uh, so we can refocus and recenter literally move, I would say, as one church body into Jesus Christ being the foundation of all we are and all we do. If we don't do another thing, whatever it is, it needs to be about him. And so what I've encouraged them is, how do we how do we lay him as the foundation in our life, our home, family, our church, and beyond? Know his person, you make a commitment. I want to order my life around knowing him. Uh, number two, I want to know his work. I want to know what he came to do. I want to know his mission. If I'm a real Christ follower, then I need to know what he came to do, and then I can begin to derive some of the benefits, obviously, of that. Know, and how about this, obey his teaching. I was yeah. uh, I was upset at Stacy the other day, and I already told on myself at church, so I'll tell you. But I was upset at Stacy <laughs> the other day, and uh, I didn't think she was treating me very well. So I the next morning I was sitting with uh, Jesus and said, what do you want me to do about this? You know, that whole woman you gave me, <laughs> this spiel. And... Uh, 
He said, Steve, do you want me to be the foundation of your, of your life and your marriage? I said, yes. He said, well, what do I teach? What did I teach in this instance? And immediately I knew, Charlie, my spirit leapt with forgive. Mm-hmm. Forgive. Right. 70 times right. seven, that's your teaching. I know you're teaching, Lord. He said, then obey my teaching. You have said you want me as the foundation of your life. You want me as the foundation of your home and family then you need to right. not only know what I teach, you need to obey what I teach. And so right. I, I forgave and, and we could get into all that. We all forgiveness is supernatural, but I basically allowed the, the love of the Lord in my heart to express forgiveness, you know, to Stacy. Yeah. And so uh, it's number three was no one obey his teaching. Number four is Noah's authority. Number five is Noah's voice. I like what you've brought to the table today. I think it's know and walk with his people. Listen, his people aren't perfect. But man, get around people that love the Lord with all their heart. They're not perfect. Right. None of us are. We're all works in progress. But let's let's begin to build relationship and family framework, spiritual family, if you will, around people that have the same right. passion we do to know him, know his teaching, know his work, all those things. Yeah. I think one of the things I'll say this too, um, you, you brought up knowing, knowing his word. <clears throat> I try to tell people, especially once, and in, in, we have a small group that where we lead new believers um, through through the Word. And one, of the first thing I tell people is that this will work when you when you when you allow the Holy Spirit to make the Word of God the highest authority in your life. So when it comes to whatever it is, it's like oh, no matter what, I've 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 put this out there, and I say this to people. <clears throat> One of the greatest things, one of the greatest days of my life is when I allowed the Word of God to be the highest authority. So if the Word of God said, hey, I want you to forgive that person no matter what they did, no matter what they said, and I, when I, right, we, we, we're, gonna, we're going to go back to the Word and say, okay, well, what does the Word say about forgiveness? Not just the Scripture you quoted, but how about the one that says, man, I can't, to the degree, even, even the, the Lord's Prayer, if you would, uh, found in Matthew, yeah. he says, um, forgive... Father, forgive, forgive my debt as yeah, I forgive. As forgive. So mm-hmm. to the degree that you're forgiving somebody, uh, give, yeah. I want you to forgive me to that degree. That's now, if challenge. you start praying like that, boy, that that, uh, that makes it really uh, difficult. And right. I think, so we try to tell people, yeah, so you know, as you go through these steps of, hey, I'm making a commitment, I'm planning somewhere in a, in a local body, right? I'm putting down roots. Because then it becomes you. You become what I think it's Corinthians says fifteen fifty eight says that you become immovable, right? You become yeah, always abounding in the works of the Lord and, and the love of God. So yeah. I think those are things that we try to teach people. We try to also say, not only making uh, the 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 uh, local body a part of that, but also the Word of God, the highest authority in your life. Then we also try to tell people, hey, let's take you through the basics and the foundation of what Jesus did. You got to knowing what he did and why he did it, I think is so important. And when you fall in love with that, and I think that's where it becomes easier when, when Jesus said, uh, he that is forgiven much loves much. And I think when you, be, when the scales fall off and you you can clearly see all yeah. the <laughs> sins of omission and commission of Absolutely. what you really have done wrong, then I think it becomes easier to go, oh, and I think it goes back to the great commission as well. I think it goes back to, hey, let's go reach people. Let's let's introduce them to Jesus. Yeah. All right. Let's get them out of Egypt. 
And then let's tell them. Let's get Egypt let's out of there. there yeah, right? Let's that. get some Egypt out of there. Let's get some deliverance. And deliverance is just that, that Hebrew word for like that freedom idea. That we're going to work through our issues. And I think most people stay in that 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 place. Yeah. That's where, if you would, if you want to call that a step, that second step, I think 90% of times the church world stays right there. That's and they'll exactly say things right. like, well, God's still working on He's me. He's still right? working on me. We're, we're stuck in right. perpetual self-help. We, perpetual, we, we right. were talking about this in our staff meeting yesterday, that uh, much of the church um, in the West is just stuck in perpetual self-help. That's right. And uh, man, you, this is perfect timing because what I'm hearing and what you're saying is the marriage of Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So you got evangelism there and preaching the good news. And then Matthew 28 is also the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Go lay your life down for other people, brother. Go lay your life down and invest Christ and time and energy and food and money in someone else knowing Jesus and being able to grow up in him in all aspects so they can preach the gospel and then what? Lay their life down for other people. Right. And it's so interesting you say that because I always look at that as if you draw it out and you say, okay, we're going to, we're going to let, uh, I'm coming to know Christ. Okay, perfect. And then uh, now the next step for me is I I want to know what it is. What, what does that look like? What does a relationship with Christ look like? Yeah. And then I need to know what am I, what is my gifting in this whole? If I'm, if, yeah. if he assumes that you are members of one body, like he makes the assumption, right, that you're going to belong, right, and it, it, you belong to one another. He actually says in Ephesians. So I'm now planted. I'm now part of something. So what is my calling here? What's my gifting? What is that 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 part that I play? And then then can you go and and share that with somebody else? And I think it, it's it's so. Like all of us are excited the moment I the moment I got introduced to Christ, it was so awesome and I wanted to tell everybody what had happened in my life. And I think sometimes the more we with the longer we're in it, the more we withdraw from telling people because the rejection sometimes that we receive or some of the other things that happen. Yeah. But I honestly believe that if we get to that point where we understand that what he did for us, what he oh the 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 amazing gift right. that he gave us. Yeah. That's, At that point when he says I've taken everything you ever did, yeah. you ever will do and everything that that right past, present and future and I've washed it all away. I paid for all of it. And you don't have to pay for it yourself anymore. Right. All you got to do you, is re- understand that. Yeah, when you when you receive powerful. it, when you understand that, then out yeah. of that is, uh, you know, we're ministering out of the overflow. That's what it is. That's John 15. You know, he's the vine. So he's supplying me forgiveness. I've received it. I've accepted it out of that. I give forgiveness. I share it. That's right. But yeah, you've got to come to know it and receive it first. Well, brother, we are out of time. Once again, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and just sharing your heart again for how do we lay proper foundations? How do we get into uh, discipleship and uh, forming Christ and knowing Christ within uh, not only our local bodies, but I think within the body of Christ as a whole, yeah. you know what the Lord is speaking to us. So thank yeah. you again for coming yeah. on. My pleasure. Father, we thank you uh, for this time. We do pray for every person listening. If they don't know you, pray Lord that they do understand that you desire, this is your desire They have a living relationship with the living God and your living word. 
day by day, spirit to spirit, heart to heart. Lord, bless each one. If they already know you and they're listening, then Lord, we pray you just move them further, deeper into ordering their life around knowing you and living out their marriage to you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.